Humanity is growing and connecting. Tomorrow's world needs more energy from more places. But to find our net zero future, we must overcome the natural constraints of many new energy sources. This is the Energy Transition Solutions Podcast, where we look at the energy challenges of modern life and the innovators finding solutions. Join us for a low-carbon, high-energy conversation with your host, Joe Battier. This views of the host are his own and should not be viewed as those of any business, corporation, or government entity. Hello, and welcome to the Energy Transition Solutions Podcast brought to you by AWS Energy. I'm your host, Joe Batier. This is the show where we bring you low-carbon, high-energy stories from the people solving the energy challenges of modern life. Happy Earth Day, everybody. I realize this is about a week late that I'm saying Happy Earth Day. I wanted to give a quick rundown of EarthX 2022. So today on the show, it's going to be a little bit different. I'll be talking the entire time, and I'll be talking about my experience at EarthX 2022. For those of you who don't know what EarthX is, it is the biggest Earth Day gathering in the world. This is put on by the EarthX Foundation. That is a nonprofit, and their mission is for bringing awareness and bringing together different groups, entities, and parties to move forward with environmental causes, with net zero goals, with decarbonization, with making a an equitable future for all. This is a group that was formed by Trammell Crow. So I want to give a thank you to Trammell Crow and EarthX. Thank you to everybody who put this all together. Thank you to all of the sponsors, all of the different exhibitors, and everybody who came and spoke at EarthX and the conferences that were occurring. Pretty much always have fun at conferences. This one was no exception. I really enjoyed my time there. And fun fact, I've been going to the EarthX Earth Day celebrations since they started. So EarthX is approximately 12 years old, and they have been having celebrations in Dallas, Texas for Earth Day all 12 of those years except for 2020 and 2021 because of COVID. So I've been to, I think, every single one way back when, when it first started. It was at Fair Park. So if anybody's ever been to the State Fair of Texas, you have been to the same area where they had the EarthX celebrations. Typically, the, the way that it would all be laid out is that you would have different sections of things like the more environmentally friendly foods, and then there would be a section for all automotives and energy, and then there would be a section of all kind of eco-friendly products, whether that's household products or people there selling clothes that have been repurposed into art. So that's what it used to be like. They would also have, and they still have, an educational section. When EarthX first started, I would be there representing the SMU Geothermal Lab, 
as part of the SMU Huffington Department of Earth Sciences, and I would be trying to teach kids about geology, dropping acid on rocks, looking at at a granite versus a sandstone versus a carbonate. Some of the experiments that we would bring from the geothermal lab would be looking at lead versus styrofoam and talking about the thermal conductivities of those two different entities, a metal versus a a clear man-made insulator. So that was a lot of fun. And I got to bring that full circle this year when I was on one of the main stages talking about geothermal again. I was able to go up there and present about how geothermal can be that foundational energy for our future. Ideas like repurposing oil and gas wells, ideas like synthetic geothermal reservoirs, which is an opportunity to revitalize and reutilize more shallow wells and also bring more of the curtailed renewable electricities, the the extra generation that we are producing right now, ways to better utilize that energy through energy storage. And then a few other things that I talked about. Basically, how great Texas is, how amazing the potential geothermal resource is here, and all of the existing knowledgeable, experienced workforce in the oil and gas industry that can propel geothermal into the future. So that's what I talked about. There were other people who are also there. I'm just going to list a few of these of these larger companies. Maybe maybe you'll recognize some of them. There were companies like UPS, Coca-Cola, EMR Recycling. There was DART, which is the Dallas Area Rapid Transit. There was Texas Parks and Wildlife and a lot of different nonprofits and conservation groups. Those were the people in the expo presenting kind of what they're doing in the renewable energy space or in many cases the conservation or sustainability space. That was really exciting to see all of these different consumer-facing and customer-facing companies who are there and they want to say, for Coca-Cola, they're saying, look at us, we are selling selling our soda in 100% recycled plastic bottles. I think that's cool. I think it's exciting to think about how us as consumers are ultimately driving what these large companies are doing. And UPS was there saying, we, we are making all of these different stances and different goals on reaching net zero. And in that way, when we have UPS or FedEx or the U.S. Postal Service, now that is one more piece of information. If we want to be carbon conscious with our mailing, now anybody who went to EarthX knows, oh, UPS is doing X, Y, and Z in the realm of net zero goals. And I think that's really exciting to think that me as a lowly little consumer can actually drive different business decisions and different company goals and different targets within large corporations. 
with EarthX, there were two major portions. There's the EarthX Expo, and that is an exposition, kind of the expo hall, where anybody who was willing to pay for a booth could set up and kind of talk about whatever their main motives or main missions are. That expo was free. All you had to do was register, and anybody from the general public could show up 100% free. And that was an opportunity for them to learn about Earth Day, to learn about the conservation movements that are occurring from companies like Coca-Cola and UPS, or learn about veganism and to learn why you should become a vegan. Or there was the Texas Parks and Wildlife and learning about all of the great conservation efforts and why we should all buy a state park pass and go enjoy those parks. So those were all at the expo that was free and anybody could go to. The other side of the Earth X 2022 whole shebang was the Conference of Conferences. Now, the Conference of Conferences was a more traditional conference where you had speakers going up onto a stage, they had their PowerPoint slides, and they were talking about whatever whatever their topic was. Some of the discussions that I sat in on were about nuclear energy. Early on in the day, there were discussions about oil and gas and about where oil and gas is going to be in the next 50 years. And then there were multiple other discussions. Towards the end of the day, there was one all about Mexico and about how Mexico, what the path to net zero looks like for the country of Mexico. Now, those, all of those energy-focused talks that I saw were in the conference of conferences. That was really more the professional side of EarthX. It was not where the general, general populace or the general public went. So who wasn't in the expo were the energy companies. I did not see any oil producers. I saw maybe one or two rooftop residential solar companies. I think one of them was was a company called Sparrow Solar. But really, when we talk about producing energy and options for for consumers on where they buy their gas or where they buy their electricity, how they themselves could produce electricity, there really weren't that many exhibitors there. This was really surprising to me. It was surprising because before COVID, I distinctly remember walking up and seeing this beautiful exhibit booth area with Oxy. And they had a very cool screen. And it was almost like an interactive diorama. If you've ever gone to the museum and you've ever gone to like a a place that has one of those fake rain areas to show you what your your water catchment or your watershed basin is for your region. This booth setup that Oxy had looked kind of like that, except here's the fun part. It was of a CO2 flood for enhanced oil recovery. 
And they were trying to explain in a very interactive and a very simplified way how EOR works and more importantly, how that ultimately traps some CO2 in the ground and gives us opportunity to further develop existing infrastructure and existing fields. That was something that I think was a huge win that year that that was at EarthX. I totally understood it. In fact, I was like, okay, this is this is too simple for me because I'm a hoity-toity PhD geologist. But everybody that was around me totally understood it too. And they could see it and get it. And I think that was that was this big win for not only Oxy, but for the energy industry. And that wasn't there at EarthX this year. I do want to point out, I did give a presentation about geothermal. There weren't any other geothermal companies presenting, at least not having a booth and not giving any other presentations. I'm pretty sure I was the only one. So I would, I would be really interested, hopefully next year, to have more geothermal discussion. There was a, a full panel on nuclear, and we spent in the morning probably almost two hours talking about nuclear energy. Why don't we have two hours or even, even one hour or even 30 minutes talking about geothermal energy? I, I was able to speak for 20 minutes. I would like to increase that next year. So I've already talked about why or what was exciting about the expo, seeing these larger consumer-facing companies, seeing that the decisions I make as a consumer ultimately wants to drive them to talk about what they are doing in the sustainability and in the energy transition and ultimately driving their products towards decarbonization and kind of that that bad side of it or what I would say was a was a loss at EarthX was the fact that there weren't any major energy companies, whether that was oil and gas or whether that was residential solar or even wind farms. I didn't see any major energy utilities presenting to the general public within the expo. Now, why, why am I saying this is a problem? Why does this matter? I think this is important because one of the things that, that we're all always talking about, and maybe that's a, that's a bold statement to make, but we're always talking about this PR problem that we have about how the whole world just go one day without oil and gas and see what happens, or one day without electricity and see what happens. But if, if that is the view, if we want to be part of the conversation, then shouldn't we be where people are going? EarthX being the largest Earth Day celebration in the world, why aren't we there talking about energy? And of course, there was the energy conference side. So people were talking about energy, but this is, this is exactly kind of the issue. This is preaching to the choir. What we end up is we end up in the conference 
speaking to other professionals about our energy focus. And that never actually gets out to the general public and, and the, the people that ultimately are saying, we want 100% renewable energy. We want net zero by 2050. By not actually getting to talk to those people, any of the energy producers, I think that is where this disconnect is happening and why we're battling and why we have this this uphill battle that we're talking about with this with this bad PR that we have in energy. I think what this what I'm saying here and I think what I was thinking about while I was walking around interacting with these different booths is how often are we as an energy industry interacting with the general population? And I'm not talking about Super Bowl ads that, yeah, 300 million people see or having, having one or two commercial ads going out, talking about every single item that comes from oil and gas. That's like a, a, a quick instant gratification. But that's not building that relationship and explaining the intricacies and the difficulties and the, the timeline that it takes to go from where we are today into a net zero future. It doesn't do that, that necessary consistency of helping people learn and helping people understand what energy even is. And so I think that that ultimately builds into the general population this view of of negativity towards energy. If we're not willing to go meet them where they are and talk to them, then they look at us and think we think we're better than them or we think that that we don't need to talk to people who aren't in the industry or that ultimately they need us and we don't need them. And I think that that is, that's doing us a disservice. Now that I'm off of my soapbox, I do want to get back to EarthX. At the expo, there were some very exciting companies that I am actively working on getting on the show. These are companies that are, are working in the AI machine learning space, some of them in the metaverse. Some of them are, are working in general consumer products or general waste disposal. Now, without giving too much away, I do want to talk about my most exciting company that I visited at the expo. This is a company that reduced the error in throwing away trash. So they have developed a technology that helps you properly throw things away, whether it is trash, whether it's recycling, or whether it's compost, or whether it's, it's plastic and glass and aluminum, depending on where you are or what you're doing. And this is such a cool idea and so, so fun frankly, because it is taking something that, that you would think is so easy, 
throwing things out, either trash or recyclable. But I was just thinking about it standing in their booth. For example, at SMU, while I was there, they didn't recycle glass. Whereas where I lived, which was a three, three-mile bike ride, there I could recycle glass. So the entire time, I was assuming at SMU that I could be recycling all of the glass waste that I was producing. It was only four years into being in school there that I found out SMU, in fact, did not recycle glass. Now, anybody in the trash business or waste disposal business knows if you've got recycling and it has too much food on it, or it has too much trash or non-recyclables in it, ultimately that just goes to the landfill. This is a problem for those waste disposal companies because oftentimes you can sell the recycling for some amount of money. So that is a commodity that they are getting, that they are building part of their business model on. And then it's also for every load of recycling that you no longer can sell, that you have to take to a landfill, that is another load of trash that you have to now pay the landfill to take. So from a business standpoint, having a a more thorough trash disposal business, something that that is, for lack of a better term, idiot-proof, that ends up making it easier for and more profitable for the trash disposal company. And then it also makes it profitable for this company who's saying, we're going to make throwing stuff away idiot-proof. And we can give you five different bins and let you do that separation, and we can ultimately help everybody win. We recycle more. We, we end up getting everything where it's supposed to go, which ultimately reduces landfill waste it reduces the rejection of recycling and it helps make throwing things away a little bit more fun. So that was probably the most exciting group that I visited with while at the expo. There were a lot of other companies that were there and a lot of other exciting stuff going on, but that was one that kind of meshed into this high-tech world that we live in, going down into something that that feels low-tech, your trash can at home. And it's just so cool to think about the way that applications are going from something where you, you're doing all of these very high-end computing and computer models and all of that stuff that ultimately physically can get down to each individual consumer. And I think that's that's great. With that, I'm going to stop rambling. Thank you, everybody, for listening to these shows. I'm, I'm just blown away by the audience and by the interactions I've had randomly running into people at conferences or people when they, they realize, oh, I'm the one who's, who's hosting the show. It's really fun to see. So when you see me at a conference, feel free to to stop by and say hey. If you're in the Houston area, this week I am at OTC. So if you're at OTC, 
feel free to come by the Energy Transition Pavilion. I will be there with my company, PetroLearn, and I will gladly talk to you about geothermal. Or if you're not going to be at OTC, there are so many other things happening in Houston this week. One of the other things that that I'll be attending is the AWS Energy Symposium. There may still be room. There may still be tickets that you can get. So maybe check that out. But again, thank you all for for joining me on this journey and and listening in on these podcasts. Really, the, this wouldn't be possible without you. So thank you. If you do have any questions, comments, stories that you want to share, corrections that you want to send me, or ideas for future podcasts or future guests or or what you want to hear, feel free to find me on LinkedIn, send me a message, or email me, and I'd be happy to talk and see what, what y'all want to hear more of. I do want to, even though I don't have a guest, I do have a book recommendation. So, as I said, Trammell Crow and the EarthX Foundation, they're the ones who put on EarthX. And Trammell with partner Bill Shireman, they were giving away a book at EarthX called In This Together, How Republicans, Democrats, Capitalists, and Activists Are Uniting to Tackle Climate Change and More. This is a good book. I picked one up. I'm going to read it. I think this is a good book for all of us to read. I don't know if I'm going to agree with all of it. I don't know if it's going to have any hard scientific evidence. But I think the the goal here of forging forward in society, forging forward in a way that, that makes life better, I think that is a good goal and a good motivation for what I'm doing here on this podcast and why I'm having these shows, why I, I'm I'm hosting this podcast, and a a good general sentiment for life. The the main goal that that I have in my professional life is to make energy so that people have a better life. I think this book is is going to also touch on some of those points. With that, I do want to also thank AWS Energy for sponsoring this show. This, again, also wouldn't be possible without their sponsorship. They've been great sponsors, and I really enjoy working with them and being able to really just see all the great things that they're doing and being able to share these stories. So thank you, AWS Energy. Thank you to the Oil and Gas Global Network for bringing this show to life and having this on the air. And thank you again, everyone, for joining us on these episodes. Remember, go and give me five stars, leave a review, share this podcast with with one or two people this week, and doing those things will help this continue to grow, continue to reach a wider audience, and continue to chase those net zero goals and bring fun, exciting, low-carbon stories to life. If you want to hear more great energy stories and keep up to date with the energy industry, connect with OGGN on LinkedIn or visit OGGN.com. 
And remember, if you're in the Houston area, go check out the Canon. If you're in the Houston area right now, this being the first week of May, 2022, send me a message. I am here in Houston right now. Ironically, I am not at the Canon. I am at OTC. But if you go to the Canon and mention OGGN, they will give you a free day pass. That is also where we have our monthly industry mixers, where you can go learn more great things about the future of the energy industry. And until next time, thank you, everyone. And remember to keep it low carbon and high energy. Join us again next week for another low carbon, high energy story on the Energy Transition Solutions Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.